2: It is the winter of 1926. Dr. Dorothy Taylor has reunited her estranged friends after five years to chase the echoes of an evil they thought vanquished. Pursuing new enemies they suspect of working for old ones, our heroes are now drawn into the dark heart of America on a train through the bristling snow. They cannot know what lies at the end of the line, only that it takes them closer to their quarry, closer to the deep, Demons that lurk within the infinite bad. Butchers of Goose Lake Part 4 The train hisses and steams with lugubrious effort as it slowly begins to pull out of the station. To take their minds off the distractingly slow pace of acceleration, our heroes take in their surroundings. The train is a small wooden affair, with little in the way of plush seating or tidiness. There are thin cloth rugs buttoned onto the hard, flat seats that cannot rise to cushion the passengers, and soon Dorothy, Cornelia, Sebastian and Joy are all shifting uncomfortably in their seats. After about 10 minutes of watching the city slip by and give way to snowbound wilderness, they notice four large wooden slats tied against the walls of this small cabin. They realise with some awkwardness that these are to be pulled down as beds for the overnight train. In the dining carriage, they find the few other passengers settling into what meagre suppers have been provided, hardtack with milk. There's a shorter-than-average man in a thin grey suit, his receding hairline belying his otherwise youthful features, who looks up at our heroes with some interest and waves them over. In another booth, a tall pock-faced man in his fifties sits quietly, his wispy blonde hair blowing in the air passing through the train. A middle-aged woman with a hard-lined face in the next booth looks concerned, fretting with her hands. Beside her sits a young black woman with a shy but ready smile, a small black book in the crook of her arm. And in the back, a kind-looking man with watery blue eyes writes in a small pocketbook. I
0: would like to sit down and fall immediately to sleep. Okay.
2: <laughs> so you take one of the empty booths. Yeah.
3: Yep. I'm going to have some hardtack, I think. Yep. Let's, let's try some of this American food. Mm.
4: <laughs> I feel like I'm looking at this blue-eyed man. The older
1: one, the, the kind eyes. Yeah. And I might go to the one who waved us over at the
2: beginning. Cool. So, Sebastian, uh, you slump into one of the empty booths, almost knocking over the jug of milk that is in the table in the centre. <laughs> uh, and you find it uh, very, very easy to immediately fall asleep. <laughs> Uh, Cornelia, do you want to sit in the same booth as Sebastian or do you want to yeah. take it? Yep. The opposite. So the hard tack is very hard, dry and tasteless. It is literally just flour and water baked into a dry biscuit. So it is an unappetizing but filling meal. Joy, you head over to the uh, older looking man uh, with the kind watery blue eyes uh, and he looks up at you and he says, oh, would you like to sit down?" Oh, yes, thank you. Uh, yes, uh, he kind of shifts some of his personal effects uh, over to give you room. Well, what's a young lady like you doing uh, going to Spencer at this time of night?
4: Oh, well, we're um, following some... No. <laughs> I mean, um, we're uh, accompanying some associates. We missed our last train, so, um, yeah, we're just trying to catch them up. You are
2: English also. <laughs>
4: Yes. Oh, how wonderful.
2: (laughs) Well, my name is Richard, and he extends his hand to uh, shake yours.
4: Hello, Richard. I shake his hand.
2: Yes, Richard Pritchard. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Sorry. (laughs) Joy Dutton Cavendish, (laughs) pleasure to meet you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Dorothy, you are walking over to the the short man in the thin grey suit. And he says, sit down, sit down.
1: Well, I will, thank you. My name is Dorothy. Taylor? And you are?
2: My name's Dick Jennings. So <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just a name. It's just a name. It's short for Richard.
1: <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Jennings.
2: Yeah. What brings you to Spencer, Iowa? It's a little bit of a podunk town.
1: Oh, we're just meeting some acquaintances out there. And yourself?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Acquaintances. Yeah, me too. Are these people with you? Any kind of motions to the other three that you walked into the carriage with?
1: Oh yeah, we're we're sort of traveling together.
2: I can't help but overhear their accents. Are they are they from England?
1: Yes, they are. Yes. Wow.
2: And I mean, the the older one, she looks she looks pretty pretty wealthy. Are you guys like nobles or something?
1: Well, n- no. I mean, we're uh, well. I'm American, as you can tell. So yeah, um, yeah. But but no, I uh, you know just um just well brought up. I wouldn't say members of the nobility.
2: Right, right. I don't mean anything funny by it. I'm a businessman, you see. I'm a businessman and I'm looking for investors. I'm looking for people who know a winner when they see one.
1: Well, what's your business, sir?
2: So he takes out a paper package and he hands it to you with this kind of barely suppressed delight. And he says, just take a look at that.
1: Okay, I take it from him and I take a look at it.
2: Uh, It looks like white powder.
1: Oh, I see. And, and what is this product, sir?
2: He says, these are flavoring salts.
1: Oh, okay. Flavoring salts?
2: Now, I'd add them to this milk, but it would be disgusting. What you <laughs> want to do is add them to water, and then the water will taste like juice, like orange juice, like raspberry juice, like grape juice, but it'll be water. It's at the tenth the price. You can store it, ship it. I'm telling you, it's going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread.
1: Why? That's phenomenal. I, I'd love to try some.
2: Dorothy, do you want to get on this at the ground level?
1: <laughs> uh, is it safe, sir?
2: It's safe, yeah. The top chemists have looked at it. It's perfectly safe. I, I'd, I'd eat it for you right now.
1: I would really need to see the long-term studies, though. Uh, you see, I'm a doctor, so I wouldn't want to involve myself with Your any sort of product that hadn't been fully studied.
2: Now, for doctors make a lot of money. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> well, listen, if you're not in a position to invest, I understand. I understand. But maybe you can introduce me to you. What did you say her name was? And he he points towards Cornelia. Clearly seems to have uh, targeted her.
1: I don't think that... It's, it's, it's very late. It's much too late to be thinking about making investment decisions, I'm afraid. I think... We're going to pass on that tonight, sir.
2: Let me just, let me just explain. He starts standing up and he looks over towards Cornelia. Richard, who's talking to you, Joy, uh, so he doesn't really seem to have anything else to say to you. He kind of looks up at you a couple of times and then looks back down at his pocketbook. And then after a few moments of just like listening to this man trying to hustle Dorothy at the other booth, he needs the bridge of his nose. And he says, if you'll excuse me, Ms. Dutton Cavendish, was it? Uh, I believe I might retire, for then I am quite tired.
4: Oh, yes, of course. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you, sir. Sleep in- well.
2: Indeed, indeed, likewise. And he stands up and excuses himself to go back down the carriage.
4: Um, who else was there when we walked in?
2: So there is a this tall, quiet man in his 50s with this wispy blonde hair, There is the young woman with the book in the crook of her arm. And then there is this middle-aged woman with a very hard-lined face.
4: And she's the one that looks nervous?
2: Yeah, she looks, like, concerned and nervous. Okay.
4: I guess I'd like to just put a hand on her shoulder and say, are you okay?
2: She looks up at you with a really puzzled look and she says, what?
4: (laughs) You just uh, looked a little off. I just wanted to make sure you were okay, ma'am.
2: Listen, just leave me alone.
4: All right, sorry. Jeez. and then i walk over to accompany dorothy and this gentleman to see if she needs
2: saving
1: yeah i think i can use some moral support over here actually
2: dick is standing up now and he's trying to get past you now joy uh to get towards cornelia and he says oh excuse me excuse me uh are you no excuse me and he like points again towards cornelia what do you want to
4: stand in the way specifically he says
2: yeah can i help you
4: can i help you sir
2: I'm just trying to see. I'm a friend of uh, I'm a friend of Dorothy's uh, and Dorothy is a friend of that lady. And so I'm going to I'm just going to talk to that lady.
4: I think it's been quite a long day, sir. And we just want to have a quiet evening. So I'm sorry to say uh, perhaps tomorrow.
2: Okay, make an intimidate check. Six. (laughs) He gives a nervous laugh and he says, I I just I just want to have a quick word. And he starts like pushing past you again. I'd
3: like to uh, stand up and go over to him. Okay, with my umbrella in hand. He
2: do not even know. <laughs> Good evening, sir. Hi, nice to meet you. My name's Dick Jennings, and he extends his hand.
3: Oh, hello, Mister Jennings. I shake his hand. My name is Cornelia Cavendish.
2: Okay, he pumps your hand vigorously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "Missus Cavendish, I have an exciting opportunity for you.
1: Do you." I'm shaking my head behind him at Cornelia. Like, like, no, it's not an exciting opportunity.
2: <laughs> Do you enjoy drinking water? No. No <laughs> one does! He seems delighted. <laughs> he rushes back to the table where he left the packet of salts, uh, and he brings it over to you. As he does so, the train jolts. <laughs> oh, no. And the salts go flying over your frock, Cornelia. <gasps> so... <laughs> He's what standing, on earth
3: do you think you're doing?
2: <laughs> he's standing there, just goggling with absolute mortification. Uh, he said, "I'm so sorry. Do you have some water that we could scrape this salt into, and I can show you the m- m- the miracle that's on your clothes? It's money that's on your clothes right now, Miss Miss Cavendish." No, there certainly isn't. I'd like to prod him in the stomach with my umbrella <laughs> and say, "I've
3: had quite enough of you tonight." <laughs>
2: At this point, the uh, the taller man in his fifties with the wispy blonde hair, mm-hmm. uh, he stands up and he puts his hand on Dick Jennings' shoulder and he says, "Okay, that's enough now. Let's uh, let's let's get on to the sleeping carriages." Yes, and Dick looks back up at him. Uh, this man's quite tall mm-hmm. and blanches a little bit, and he says, "Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll I'll talk to you in the morning, Miss Miss Cavendish and Miss Cavendish Dutton." <laughs> And Dorothy, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 see you for breakfast, and we'll talk about it. We'll we'll have a business breakfast. He and the taller man uh, both retire back to the sleeping carriages.
1: I think we've had a in. long day. Yeah, we yeah, get some rest. You guys not eating any hardtack? Oh, that's a good point. I will eat some hardtack. Try the hardtack. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a glass of milk.
2: Okay, so Joy, you have a glass of milk. Uh, Sebastian, I'm going to let you heal one hit point uh, as you're sleeping <laughs> Thank you so much. in the train carriage. Are the rest of you going to wake him up before yeah. you retire? Or... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely. No, oh, no! Oh,
0: hello! Ah,
2: yeah.
4: have <laughs> uh, we, we arrived? Unfortunately, not. Yeah. we're retiring to bed. Would you like to join us?
0: Uh, I'll, I'm fine here, actually. Okay, you go on. I'll see you tomorrow.
4: All right, Sebastian. See you in the morning. Good night. Good
2: night. So, uh, Sebastian, you almost immediately fall back to sleep. Joy, Cornelia and Dorothy, you go back to your overnight cabin and you lower down the bed slats. Uh, It really is awful. Like, there's basically a very thin blanket laid over the bed slats, but there's Mm -hmm. no mattress or padding or anything like that. Uh, Cornelia, you're going to have trouble sleeping on this.
1: Can we maybe... mm -hmm. Give Cornelia, like, like our coats or something like mm-hmm. that to give a little bit more cushioning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks that, very maybe. much. Of course, Cornelia.
2: <laughs> okay, make perception checks. You make one of this Sebastian. Ten. Ten. Five. Seven.
1: Uh,
2: so uh, Dorothy and Joy, you both got ten. The train jolts as it goes over another bump in the tracks, and then you hear some footsteps coming up the train from the rearmost carriage. You see the tall man with the wispy blonde hair, And he is approaching your room. And as soon as he reaches it, he looks inside. He sees that it's full of people, or at least it has you three in it. And he slides open the door and he says, I'm sorry, is any of you a doctor?
1: Yes, I am, sir. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) says, a man has been killed.
1: (gasps) okay, well, it's rather late for my services then, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> but but yes, I will have a look at the
2: body. He bustles backwards and there is another sleeping carriage behind this one. And he takes you into a room which looks identical to yours, uh, except only one of the bed slats has been laid down. And on this bed slat, you see the body of the kind-eyed English gentleman <gasps> that Joy was talking to. Oh, no.
1: Richard. no. Okay, uh, can I investigate? Like, a... Yes. 17.
2: 17, right. Uh, okay, so you can see that he has been killed by being stabbed in the throat.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. really needed my doctorate skills there. Uh
2: sure. all of
1: my training. Yeah, and so
2: his throat has been, like, really slashed open. It's not just been stabbed, but it's been, like, cut open, mm. right? Oh, God. Besides this, you can't see too many... There's no, like, signs of a struggle, particularly. Uh, he's... Doesn't seem to have been sleeping. He was still fully clothed. It wasn't very long uh, since you were all in the dining carriage after all. Does
1: he have his fingernails, like his hands? Are they bruised or bloody? or?
2: No, they're not bruised or bloodied. And he has all of his teeth also. He
1: would have had reason to do this. If he didn't struggle, he didn't think that the person seemed hostile. <sighs> hmm.
2: Make an investigation check. And uh, you two. Three. Five, uh, seven. Oh, wow. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, looking around, you can't see too much else in this room.
1: Um, well, I am going to turn to this gentleman and say, uh, "How did you find the body?"
2: Well, he says, "I w- I was just walking past to get to my room, just the next one down the carriage, and I looked in just to check on Richard, and and he was like this."
1: Was the door open?
2: Uh, I can't recall.
1: I can't recall if the door was open.
2: It no, was a I'm dead. Suspicious. It was a dead body. I-, I I I can't recall. Make an insight check.
1: 12.
2: As far as you can tell, he's not lying to you openly.
1: I think we should go through his belongings if we can.
4: Yes, on the train he was writing a notebook. We could check that.
2: Good mm-hmm. idea. Okay. You're going to go through his notebook? Yeah. And Dorothy and Cornelia, you can investigate his belongings in more? Yes. Of... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I will. Okay. So you can take a few minutes to do so while Joy is going through the notebook. Uh, Joy, looking through the notebook, you're actually surprised to see that he's not an anthropologist per se, but he is a, an ancient Egyptologist. Oh,
3: uh, Okay
2: he seems to be here just on holiday or you can't really discern a reason why he's going from Chicago to Spencer, Iowa. Uh, that's not in his, in his little pocketbook, but he just has various notes about various ancient Egyptian deities and temples and ruins, museum, mostly museums in Cairo that he has visited or intends to visit. Dorothy and Cornelia looking through the personal effects here You can see some traveling clothes, a change of clothes for him, um, some personal hygiene effects. But what stands out to you is that underneath the bed slat is a wrinkled copy of the Communist Manifesto. Okay. It looks wrinkled and dog-eared, and you notice that it is an American printed version of it. Oh. Uh, As you take this out, the blonde man looks at it, and he says, Wait, where did you find that? Is this (laughs) Richard's?" He motions to look at it. I want to look at it. Were first. they friends? Not that you know. I mean, they certainly didn't act like friends to each yeah, other. They,
4: they weren't standing near each other. She
2: seems
1: carriage. like an odd question well, exactly. about a stranger.
2: Yeah. Um, I would like to take a look through
3: it first before I hand it over.
2: Okay. Uh, you can't see any particularly distinguishing features. I mean, it looks like it's well worn and well read, but besides that, you can't really see why there's anything special about this.
3: Okay. If you look at it, I'll then look
2: at it. He starts flicking through it, uh, and then he looks at the back of it very hard, and then he looks back up at you three and he says, I saw that Dick Jennings fellow reading this. Oh Dick hmm.
1: Jennings?
3: Yeah. He's the uh, fast talking salesman.
1: Yeah. Oh, where is Dick Jennings? Where I want to go yeah. look for Dick Jennings. Let's look for Dick Jennings.
2: I think we gotta go look for Dick Jennings. The blonde man starts storming down towards the dining carriage, uh saying, Dick Jennings, his, his cabin is just past there. Uh, So you start marching through the dining carriage now, and you see Sebastian is still asleep Mm -hmm. now, now curled fully across horizontally on one of the booths.
1: I think we should wake Sebastian up. Sebastian, wake up. hi
0: there! (laughs)
1: Sebastian, someone's been murdered.
0: Have we arrived?
1: No, Come someone's on. been murdered. Come with us. I we keep
0: to my feet. <laughs> Oh my god! Why does this keep happening to us?
2: Uh, as you proceed through the dining carriage into the second carriage mm-hmm. uh, of the train, your shouting, Sebastian, as seems as to I'm have like
0: banging into things. <laughs> I'm still not quite awake. Okay. Like, oh no! <laughs>
2: Uh, it seems to have woken up the other two ladies on the train. Uh, so the, the younger one and the hard faced middle aged one uh, both emerge into the central aisle of of the train carriage bleary eyed and said, who's shouting? What's going on?
0: I am. I'm shouting. I'm sorry. <laughs> the
2: The blonde man says out of the way. There's been a murder. Where's Dick Jennings? Dick Jennings comes out. Uh, he's dressed in his underclothes and he looks confused. His uh, neatly pomaded hair is slightly mussed now. And he says, what, what's the matter? The blonde man grabs him and slams him into the wall. He says, you killed him, didn't you? You son of a bitch.
3: Well, we don't know that, sir. Let's uh, find out
1: where he was at for time.
2: He kind of steps back and looks over at you.
1: Awesome. Mr. Jennings, have you been in this carriage all evening?
2: Yeah, I was just in I was just in the dining carriage. I was just talking to you and 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 you and he motions to each of you.
1: And does this belong to you? And I I motion to the Communist Manifesto.
2: He looks at it and he kind of does a fish mouth for a couple of uh seconds and he says, "Yeah, I mean, I was Reading it out of curiosity, but I mean... Are you a
1: communist, sir? What
2: what is this? (laughs) No, I'm not a communist.
0: I mean, would it matter if he was, Dorothy? I mean, people have different political views, different cultures around the world. So this man's a communist, that's fine.
2: The blonde man slams him back into the wall and he says, you goddamn factory-hugging socialist!
1: How did this communist manifesto come to be in Richard Pritchard's possession?
2: What?! It was in my room! What, what's going on? I, I've been set up! I think he may have been. Uh, the, the blonde guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what
3: is your name, sir? Uh,
2: my name's Phil. Phil Christensen. Good Christian name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think let's search uh, Dick Jennings' room.
3: I'll talk to Phil.
2: Uh, you were the
1: only person in that carriage.
2: Well, oh. it was it was me and Richard, and clearly Dick slipped in at some point. And uh, if Dick
3: had walked past our carriage, we would have noticed. We noticed you approaching. That's true. That's a good point. So, where were you when
2: the murder happened? I was. I, I walked past your carriage. You didn't notice me the first time. I'm a retired police officer I'd spent um. 25 years on in, in, in the service on the force
0: well I agree
2: uh, Phil was it innocent until
0: proven guilty am I right
2: what on earth are you talking about let's search dick Jennings room I'm sure we'll see the knife or or some sort of implement of, of guilt inside You're
0: sure are you we mm. can't be sure of anything at this point let's just um
4: everyone should calm down just calm <laughs> I'd like to start looking
1: around the room.
2: Okay. Let us search your room, sir. I... Have I, you anything to hide? I have nothing. I am... Um, I have nothing to hide.
1: Why were you... Why were you on our end of the train in the first place? Well,
2: my cabin was past your cabin.
0: Listen, Phil... Um. These ladies, I've known them for many years, and they're really good at investigating things. So how about you and I and Dick here, we just stay here for a while and let these ladies do their work. Why don't we have a drink or something?
2: (laughs) (laughs) He says, well, I won't have you tampering with my possessions. If you want to search my room, I will come with you and you will search my room.
1: Very well, sir. Come with me.
2: Okay. And you are searching Dick's room. What are you doing, Sebastian? Staying with Dick. And Dorothy?
1: I was also going to search Dick's room. Does someone
0: want to have Cornelia's back? Nah, I'll be fine. Oh, that's a good
1: idea. Maybe I should come That'll with Cornelia. Uh,
2: okay, so inside Dick Jennings' room, you find a an almost entirely empty suitcase, uh, and you find bags and bags of these weird white salts uh, in various <laughs> oh, different, like, branding and packaging. Uh, some of them calling it a miracle cure, others calling it a, a delicious wonder and things like that. Uh, it seems like he's gone all in on these salts. Right.
3: Um,
2: he doesn't seem to have a change of clothes even.
3: Wow. It
2: smells pretty bad as well in here. Okay. Make an investigation check. Uh, and you as well, you're in with Dick, right? Eight. And you go, uh So you are both kind of collectively searched for him. You're pretty sure that there isn't a knife here or any other kind of bloody implement. The older woman approaches you, Sebastian, and says, what's going on here? Is is Dick some sort of criminal?
0: Yeah, uh, we don't know anything yet. All that we do
2: know... I don't is- want to be in a room with a criminal. We'll leave the room, ma'am. I'm not stopping you. She mumbles to herself, and she goes back in the dining carriage. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> mumble back. <laughs> okay, Cornelia and Dorothy, uh, you're going past your carriage now, into the carriage where you found Richard, Mm -hmm. uh, and at the end of that carriage is Phil's room. Uh, Make a perception check, both of you.
1: 11.
3: 16.
2: Cornelia, uh, as you're walking behind Phil, uh, you notice his shoulders tense as he reaches his room. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, both of you roll for initiative. (gasps) 17. 9. Cornelia... Phil turns around and shoves you hard, uh, trying to knock you into Dorothy. Make a reflex save.
3: 19.
2: Nice. Okay. Uh, so he shoves you, but you manage to just let him shove you into the wall slightly, so he doesn't really push you back very far at all. Okay. Uh, and he bolts. He goes straight past his room towards the very backmost carriage. Uh, okay. What do you want to do? I'm going to run after him. Dorothy reels as Cornelia springs forward in pursuit of Phil Christensen. This quiet, retiring man has now revealed himself to be the crazed killer of the amiable historian Richard Pritchard, and Dorothy wonders what trap he is waiting to spring in the rearmost carriage of the train. As Cornelia bustles down the passage with baleful intent, Dorothy fumbles in her purse to retrieve her revolver. You've been listening to The Butchers of Goose Lake, written by Giorgio Mariani and produced and edited by David Knight and Tom Dalling, with music by Jonathan Day. Starring Eleanor Kohler as Dorothy Taylor, Maximilian John as Cornelia Cavendish, David Knight as Sebastian St. Battenberg, and Charlie May as Joy Dotton Cavendish. I am Giorgio Mariani, Game Master. You can follow us on Twitter at The Infinite Bad and support the production of this series on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Definitely Human. The Infinite Bad is a Definitely Human production.